This episode of the AT Tips Cast is sponsored by TextHelp Systems. TextHelp has moved Read and Write Gold support features to the cloud with a new suite of web apps. The web apps work within browsers on iPad, iPod Touch, iPhone, and other mobile devices as well as PCs and Macs. The apps include Read and Write Web, which provides read aloud with dual color highlighting along with dictionary, picture dictionary, translator, and study skills for HTML web content. Ebook Reader, which allows users to search for, download, save, and read aloud Bookshare ebooks. Speech, which reads aloud typed or pasted text. And Dictionary, which provides text and image definitions for typed or pasted words. Call TextHelp at 1 888 248 0652. Again, that's 1 888 248 0652. Or go to TextHelp.com for more information. Hi, I'm Kirk Benke from Texas Assistive Technology Network and Region 4 Education Service Center. And we have our Texas Assistive Technology Network website is www.texasat.net and we have a conference in June uh, on assistive technology with about 700 people attending. And you're listening to the AT Tips Cast. Welcome to the AT Tips Cast, exploring and investigating the implementation of assistive technology in public schools. I'm your host, Chris Bougay. This is episode number 95, recorded on April 19th, 2012. Who wants to play a game? You know you love games. Everyone loves games, so let's play. Here's how. Over on the blog, attipscast.com, I've posted a picture associated with this podcast episode. I'll tell you right now that the picture is of a damaged piece of furniture. That's your only clue. Your job is to take a look at the piece of furniture and tell me what it is and how it was damaged. Intrigued? Head on over to attipscast.com to see the damaged goods as I tell you about the related AT Tips 277 through 282, which all have to do with switches and switch access. And so let it be known that in truth, for the entire 11-12 school year, I only worked directly with two students who are users of switches. The way our services are provided, I got to meet some other users of switches and help to generate strategies for them, but there were only two users of switches directly on my caseload. Having said that, for a number of years, I was in the position of helping whole classrooms of users of switches get set up and engage in meaningful activities. I've been wanting to scratch that itch forever and do an episode about switch access. Every switch works around the same basic concept of breaking or completing a circuit. Here's a brief rundown of how a switch works. Call it an educator's guide to switches, if you will. Electricity is generated from a source, like a battery. Current runs along wires to activate some sort of device. A switch is placed along this pathway, which breaks or completes the circuit. Almost everyone uses a switch every day, like hitting the light switch on the wall or by turning on the TV. In most situations, the user controls a device by completing the circuit. Sometimes a user can complete a circuit by turning something on, or sometimes a user can disrupt the circuit by turning something off. A switch can be thought of as a cause and effect vehicle, where a person causes some sort of reaction by completing the circuit. In this way, switches are extremely powerful tools because they can often help students understand that they have control over their environment. A switch could be used to control an appliance, a toy, a computer, or, and this is my personal favorite, a person. A person, you say? Allow me to explain. 
AT tip number 277 is called using a switch to cause a human reaction. The strategy works on the principle that most people enjoy interactions with others. Most students laugh, giggle, or smile, or otherwise express enjoyment when messing around with peers or an adult. Therefore, when first attempting to demonstrate how to use a switch, one strategy to try is to have the student hit the switch to control you or others. Imagine a switch labeled laugh, and every time a student hit it, you or a peer or a group of peers laughed. <laughs> Imagine a switch labeled dance, and every time a student hit it, you or a peer or a group of peers dance like you were Michael Jackson. Imagine a switch labeled bray, because a student really likes donkeys, and every time a student hits it, you or a peer or a group of peers trotted around going hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> This type of interaction is extremely motivating, for some even more motivating than food, videos, toys, or other common reinforcers. Also, I've seen this work firsthand when introducing a user to a switch for the first time. The next time you implement a switch with a new user, consider allowing the student to interact with a live person or set of people. The engagement level will most likely be higher than any digital media or toy you could start with, and the switch doesn't even have to be hooked up to anything to work. You don't have to have a lick of knowledge or technical ability at all. You just have to be willing to be goofy. Gorge. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> there are many types of switches available. Toggle switches, wobble switches, puffer switches, pad switches, spec switches, and what the heck switches? When you're first learning about switches, don't get caught up in all the different types. First, observe and interact with the student to see if the student demonstrates any consistent voluntary movements. Although this isn't necessarily a prerequisite for successful switch use, if a consistent voluntary movement exists, that movement might be the place to target access. If a student can press down on an object, then maybe a pressure switch is possible. If a student can swipe across his body, then maybe a wobble switch is a possibility. Once you determine the voluntary movement, then you can go on the hunt for the appropriate switch that would be triggered by that movement. Sometimes, the surface of the switch might be manipulated to help encourage or facilitate switch access. AT tip 278 is to provide favorable tactile textures to switch surfaces. Perhaps a student needs to feel something abrasive to help grasp or make contact with a switch. In that case, a switch could be covered with a swatch of sandpaper. Perhaps a student likes to feel a switch tickle his fingertips when touching it, and therefore the switch is covered in felt or feathers. Or perhaps the student needs some sort of cushion when accessing a switch, so it's covered with bubble wrap. The possibilities are endless of materials that could be connected to a switch just with a little bit of Velcro. Ooh, now that could be a texture all into itself. Now that you have your switches all hooked up, what else besides a human could the switch be used to activate? Well, I already mentioned appliances and other jobs, but I started this episode talking about a game, and students like to play. So let's talk about switch-activated games. Hook the switch up to a computer. You'll most likely need a connecting device to do this called a switch interface. Most switches don't hook directly to a computer. And then you can go to a number of websites that all have switch-activated games. AT tip number 279, Help Kids Learn, is one of the more popular sites. That's help, kids, K-I-D-Z with a Z, 
learn.com. You need to register, but it's free to use. Once you're there, you'll find rich, engaging games and stories that are accessible through the use of a single switch. Each activity is labeled with a switch icon, letting you know which activities are switch accessible and which ones require a mouse to use. Likewise, ATTIP 280 is a site from the BBC, which you can check out at bbc.in slash six games. That's S-I-X games. This site features, you guessed it, six games that are Switch accessible, including one called Dick and Dom Let Rip, which is sort of like Angry Birds. The user controls a slingshot to send Dick or Dom flying through the air, with the goal being to see how far you can make them fly. It's great fun and you should definitely check it out. Now, Mark Nichols, a special education supervisor with Loudoun County Public Schools, recorded a brief segment to tell you about ATTIP 281. Take it away, Mark! Thanks, Chris. One of my personal favorite Switch-accessible games is Mini Golf for the PC platform. Any key on the keyboard can be used to play a single round or even a tournament on the mini golf course. It's so much fun, I even had all my staff play during a team building exercise. The three best aspects about this software is that it's super easy to set up, 100% free, and doesn't require any installation. It's part of the Access App suite from EduApps, which is a collection of accessible applications that run directly from a portable jump drive. No installation required. For more information about the collection, simply visit eduapps.org. That's E-D-U-A-P-P-S dot org. Give it a try and see if you or your students can win the coveted mini golf trophy. You know that round of mini golf that Mark just mentioned? Well, I got to compete in the competition, and I know you're probably wondering if I won that round. Well, let's just say there's some controversy surrounding the outcome, and leave it at that, shall we? Of course, there are many other websites that offer Switch-accessible games and information. One of the blogs in my Google Reader is attip 282 oneswitchorguk and the website for that is switchgaming.blogspot.com. This blog features short commentaries, usually one or two paragraphs, and videos of different technologies and strategies used by actual students with disabilities. Not every post is about Switch use, but many of the posts are, and many of them are about Switch-accessible games, software, do-it-yourself projects, all to make things like games and activities more accessible. And, well, there's just a bunch of information over there. There are archives dating back to 2006, so you're bound to find some information there to help you out if you're interested in using Switches. I just wanted to add one more point about Switches before I turn on the outro music. Remember, learning to hit a switch is just the means to an end. That is, in almost every case, learning to hit the switch is not a goal to be focused on. Instead, the focus should be on the activity itself, like playing the game, moving a story along, making choices, or otherwise experiencing content, or making some sort of impact on the environment. The switch is the vehicle that gets you to the destination, not necessarily the destination itself. Alright, with that final point, let me just hit the switch here to start rolling the outro music.
I wanted to thank Kirk Benke for the bumper you heard at the beginning of this episode. As you heard, Kirk is from the Texas Assisted Technology Network, which you can check out at www.texasat.net. You'll find tons of resources there, including training modules, operating system tips, information on accessible instructional materials, and yes, even podcasts to listen to. Yes. Also, Kirk mentioned the Texas Assistive Technology Network statewide conference, which is coming up on June 12th through the 14th, and that's in Houston. If you have the means, I hope you get a chance to go, and then you can share everything you learned with others, like me. I'd also like to thank Mark Nichols for sending in that segment about Switch Accessible Mini Golf. If you think you have it in you to share a short tip or trick like that, let me know. I'd love to feature more clips like that into the shows. I know there's probably tons of free, helpful hints, strategies, or techniques you use to help students. If you have an idea for a clip featuring a free, helpful strategy you like to use, send me an email at attipscast at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget about that picture identification game I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. I'd be very curious to see if you can guess what that picture is of and how the damage was caused. So until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive and may all your strategies for switches be supportive.